Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at germandonnerkebab.com. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily from Sports Social, your daily dose of news and opinion from the Premier League. Usually, this would be your weekly Premier League review show. We would have been getting stuck into Jose Mourinho pitting his Tottenham side against former club Manchester United, a struggling Villa taking on Chelsea and building up to a Merseyside derby with Liverpool just weeks away from the title. But due to the spread of COVID-19, coronavirus, all Premier League and EFL football has been suspended until April at the earliest. So many possibilities and opinions about what happens next in the football season. Do we play remaining games in the summer? Do we do away with cup competition and squeeze in extra league games next season? Or does this campaign get chalked off completely? Wayne Rooney thinks that footballers have been used as guinea pigs during this pandemic. Wolves chairman has said not to underestimate the virus. And just because pro football has stopped doesn't mean non-league has as well. So we'll be catching up with a non-league club too to see how things are going there. I wonder what our two studio guests today think. We've got Johnny Sharples. Hello, Johnny. Hello, you all right? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm in good health, thankfully. And we've got Pete Hall as well. Pete, you've been in Europe this week covering the Champions League and you were just telling us before we went on air there about how much of a, a nightmare it was getting back from Germany. Yeah, it was. well, it was just it was just a bizarre, really, more than anything, in the fact that there was only me, stu- me, the stewardesses, a couple of pilots and about three or four others uh, trying to sit us on the, in the front two rows. I was not having any of that. <laughs> no, no angry Spurs fans on the way back. From- <laughs> no, 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 no. It, no, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a very bizarre scene. There was. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was any Spurs fans on that actually. But it was. Yeah, it was um, a little bit. Yeah, I, you didn't. I didn't see it coming. I just thought you just don't think about these things, do you? And you don't think that it's ever gonna get as bad as it has. And sure. And it happens. All everything's happened so quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, it has happened really, really quickly. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. What was the kind of vibe like over in Germany in terms of their reaction to it, both from a football perspective and a public perspective? Because obviously we can only talk about what we know from being based here in Manchester mm. in the UK. And I know we have a lot of listeners 
to this podcast uh, from North America and from other parts of Europe and the rest of the world indeed as well. So what was the kind of feeling like over in, in Germany last week? Well, b- b- uh, before the game, it, w- it was very odd because fans weren't 100% sure whether the game was going to be behind closed doors. They only announced it on the day that wow. it was that it was going to be that they were going to be let in. So there was two and a half thousand Spurs fans wandering around Leipzig, which is a, a lovely city, don't get me wrong, but mm. unsure whether their tickets are going to be valid for the game. Uh, and then Leipzig announced it that it was going to be fine. Um, but it was very much, after that, it was very much a feeling of right, something is happening here. This is probably the last game we're going to see for a while. And that was kind of what the Spurs fans were thinking as they were going into the game and what a game they were treated to. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly one you would want to forget, that's for sure, if you're mm. a Tottenham fan. So when did that sort of dawn on you then? When did you think, OK, this could be the last match I cover for a while? When it was went down to the last minute that they weren't sure whether fans were going to come in and there was games all over the rest of Europe being cancelled, leagues being cancelled. As you know, as I was in Germany, as 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 it was announced that there would be no Serie A for the rest of the season, there'd be no, um, and La Liga games were all cancelled. Yeah. And I was due to be going to uh, Barcelona next week for another Champions League game. Sure. And but at the time, we were just told it was just going to be fans, no fans be, uh, allowed, but journalists would be allowed in. Um, but in La Liga and Champions League now, it's nobody. They, you know, they went from that to absolutely no one in, and now they're just like, you know what, we're just mm. going to cancel altogether. Mm. I think that's what everyone's starting to realise is there's no point doing half measures now. It's just going to have to be cancelling, and then let's wait and see. I mean, no, nobody knows enough information to to go any further than that, and there is no point doing the behind closed doors because it's just it's not it's not going to slow down. So that's what people are, are realising now that it is very much let's halt and, and let's see. Mm. And also financially behind closed doors, those clubs that rely oh, on, yeah. on match day revenue, you know, the match might go ahead, but that opportunity for revenue, Johnny, has been used up. They've kind of uh, burnt that opportunity away, if that makes sense. Whereas if even if, there, if there's no games, those opportunities to play those games might come around again. So you're kind of sort of saving yourself there just in case there is an opportunity to make money. And it's not just the clubs themselves that need to be thought of as well. There's a lot of staff there working in the the food counters and and mm. security and things like that. That you know that's quite that might be their only source of income in this period of time. That they uh, they work match days and things like that. So without that, you've got um, a tricky situation that they're in. And I know in the NBA and, and, and NFL and some North American sports, the players themselves have offered to cover that mm. the, uh, cover that off their own back, which you would hope that the club might then step in and. and do that on their behalf so um hopefully that will be replicated in the premier league but there's so much money in, in the premier league that perhaps a few matches without that income at the top level certainly across other clubs in mm. europe as well won't be too sorely missed mm. um it's when you go lower down the when you go lower down the levels even you know league one league two teams we've seen struggle anyway yeah take berry bolton um yeah. macclesfield places like that south end for example too as well, yeah. yeah they've really struggled even with guaranteed matches coming up and player sales and things like that and and that they can move on but even further down the chain you know lower leagues um non-league uh, they will really struggle now and uh, i think they've got to be there's so much money in the premier league the fa have probably have mounds of money the Premier League themselves mm. have mounds of money and they need to sort of more than ever step up and help those clubs out as well mm, I think even clubs like Sheffield Wednesday in the championship there are a few murmurs mm. about whether they might be on uneven footing regarding this whole situation as well so it, it does go deeper than the Premier League and it's important to say that it's not just in not just in uh, in the UK as well it, it like Linz for example that United played in the in the Europa League that was their biggest game ever um, it, the gate receipts from that would have kept them going for five years and then they were told they had to play the game, but behind closed doors. 
And what an anticlimax that is for the, a club like that who've been waiting for a game like this their whole their whole lives kind of thing. Yeah. And then for it, it to be behind closed doors and they make absolutely nothing out of it. Yeah. Whether they'll be compensated for that, whether United was, should step in is is a, is a different issue in that sense. But in, in terms of the Premier League, Premier League clubs don't really make that much money on match day no. anymore. They, they they make the money through the TV side yeah. of things, which will continue uh, because the season, uh, uh, well, may well have to be replayed at some point. How do you feel about the TV companies charging customers still for, for you know, games that aren't taking place? I thought that was quite an interesting conversation that some people were having on social media about the fact that companies like Sky Sports and BT Sport weren't prepared to refund customers for for promised sporting events that haven't taken place yet because they claim that they will take place at some point but of course we don't really know that so I mean what's the kind of thoughts on that and people saying that games that are being played behind closed doors should be made free to air I mean there's so many different avenues to this. Speaking of somebody that took out a short contract with now tv to not to product place or anything this is sponsored <laughs> content but i took out a, a, a good deal with them at the start of the season that basically covered me to the end of the season it was a good deal much better than if i was to take out a full sky subscription where i had to pay for 24 months etc sure but that comes to an end when that comes to an end in, in say mm. the end of may if those matches aren't played i'm just watching as much as i love something like premier league years or, or, mm. or something like that I can <clears throat> download them or find them <laughs> elsewhere to watch for free. So I don't really want to be spending X amount a month to watch that. And I'm going to have to extend my contract if I want to see this season get played out in the end. Um, if they agree to do that and I don't have to pay any additional thing uh, costs, then that, that's fair enough. And I think mm. a lot of people would agree that mm. that's a fair trade. Um, but at the moment, I guess it's it's the same in a lot of circumstances that people are going to be struggling for their, their money elsewhere as well if they're, they're not working and... and uh, Mortgage companies and rent, you know, people taking rent payments and stuff possibly need to, to consider that as well. But when you've definitely paid for a product, the BT argument is that they'll still be showing sports, whatever sports goes ahead. Yeah. And I think that's probably the same for Sky. Whatever sports, they'll they'll find some football somewhere, whether it's like... Kabaddi. The, they'll yeah. find a bit of Kabaddi. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll show Super League still going, Rugby League still going at the moment. Yeah, so they'll, they'll cover it elsewhere. And I think they'll argue that, you know, the, you're not... You're paying a package for mm. ten channels. Yeah. Watch them on one of the other channels, then. Yeah, especially with Formula know. One being cancelled and and all the other sports being cancelled, which we'll come on to talk about in a bit because Wayne Rooney's been speaking about this. But I thought someone on Twitter absolutely nailed it by saying my direct debit's currently been suspended and you'll get your money when the events go on, which I thought was quite, was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Of course, we got to talk about what we think is going to happen between now and, well, when is the end of the season, I suppose, is the question I'm asking. What do we think will happen next? So many people have voiced their opinion about this. I've got my own personal opinion about what I think the right thing to do is. Are we going down the avenue generally of cancel the season entirely? Or is there still too much at stake, Pete, for that to be a thing? Do we need to see this season out at some point or other, whether that be six months in the future or six weeks? We don't know. But does it need to be seen out, do you think? Um, putting my fan cap on, I <laughs> would love nothing more than the season <laughs> to be to be voided right now and, and just have those have that, 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 uh, that caveat that Liverpool fans would have to put on the end of this first league title for uh, you know for generations but it isn't fair unfortunately it isn't fair if you make you know when you're 25 points if you have someone who's 25 points ahead with what nine games to go mm. you, you, it's it isn't fair to to null and void the season there but then there's so many options of what you can do and the, i well first of all is is get is cancel euro 2020 now 
because that's that's almost impossible that's going to get in. Acknowledge that now so they can start planning for utilizing that extra time mm. if if there is any football if any football can be played. Mm. But from 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 what I can gather from the Premier League meeting last week, you're looking in reality you're looking at potentially September that, that football can restart again. Um, so. I know you've got a theory of of which I'll, I'll let you discuss in greater detail about p- almost playing them simultaneously, which which kind of works. But you've got to finish this season. In my view, you've got to finish this season somehow. There is talk of if you do make this null and void, starting again with twenty two teams in the Premier League with Leeds and West Brom coming up. But then Fulham are like, well, hold on, we've got to play Leeds and West Brom still, uh, yeah. still, mm-hmm. and there's plenty still. You know, the, you know, the Championship like Leeds could easily mess up even from this stage. Um, so that is not fair on Fulham. So there's there's always going to be someone that loses out in that. And if you can, if you can, if football comes back in September, my view is just finish this season, finish the season as soon as you possibly can, playing two games a week, three games a week if if you have to. Um, no cup competitions to to free up space. Mm. Um, but finish the season and then start the next one straight away, essentially. Are we bound by this kind of convention in our own heads, Johnny, that the season must run from the start of August to mm. the start of May? Are we kind of bound by that in our heads? Because if you see things like the uh, the WSL, the Women's Super League, and lots of other leagues, I think the League of Ireland as well, they play their leagues over the summer. <coughs> and that avoids um, things like games being rained off or cooled off or snowed off or whatever in the winter months when the weather's bad. Are we kind of sort of almost moulded to this idea that the season has to take place between a certain time frame? Are we not giving ourselves the opportunity to think, hang on a sec, a year is 12 months long. It doesn't have to be in this 10-month window. I think so. And I think we're, we're seeing it through the prism of the top five leagues, essentially. Um, many of the Scandinavian leagues play over the summer. I think uh, quite a few possibly Eastern European side teams might as well, mm. uh, countries might as well. Um, like you say, to avoid conflicts with weather postponing a lot of matches it makes sense to do it over there we're so bound by uh that you know the the august to to um to may sort of style that we can't really see it through any other prism at this point in time and whereas that might be the best way to remedy this season i think the issue that's tricky if we do move away from the 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 august to may sort of situation is the fact that a lot of players contracts run june to uh, july to june i think um, if football managers taught me anything. Um, so I think that you'd come to the fact that a lot of players just suddenly halfway through this unended season mm. would either leave or, or be open to leaving or, or be almost expecting. I know a lot of them that, whose contracts are up this summer may have already discussed a move to another club mm-hmm. and whether that move could still go through when the season's not technically been finished yet and they could then you know, score the winning goal that relegates the team that they've just left or, or stops them from winning the title once the season restarts again. So there's a lot of things that are made difficult by the fact that we do run the calendar as we do, but it would be obviously be a lot easier if we could just start again. Mm. Um, and like I say, as funny as it would be to void this entire season um, <laughs> from a Liverpool's perspective, um, you are left in the tricky boat of promotions and relegations like you touched on and it's not just the Fulhams and, and West Broms and Leeds as well I think the the rest of the uh, playoffs are made up by the likes of Brentford yes. Preston mm. and Nottingham Forest and this is essentially a big a big unexpected season especially for for Preston um that they uh might not get in this position again and yeah. if it's null and void or you say okay the top three teams can come up Preston have missed out on that chance that they could beat Fulham in the playoffs or they could beat mm. Forest in the playoffs. And Forest, I know, are running quite 
close to the boat. They've mm. made a lot of high-profile signings, got a lot of players on their books. Mm. Could they take that quite swelled squad into another season and then replicate this again? And the same with Brentford. Brentford obviously work on a really good model, really smart model, but could they replicate this season again with the likes of, say, other teams around them, Hull yeah. or Huddersfield or whoever that have just come down from the Premier League quite recently? They'd reinvest that money, like Jarrah Bowen money for, from Hull, for example. Sure. Try and reinvest that in some better players if they were to escape uh, relegation difficulties. So it, it is made quite difficult if we do just void this season. But it's, again, finding time in the calendar that we're so used to to play out the rest of this season. And it's too close. The leagues are all so close. The EFL leagues in particular, Championship, League One and League Two, they're all very, very tight towards the top end of the mm. table. And, of course, relegation financially can have huge implications on clubs. So I think... I think the idea of having to finish this season is of paramount importance. And my solution to this would be next season, do away with all cup competitions. So for the EFL League One and League Two clubs, get rid of the leasing.com trophy, the EFL trophy, get rid of that. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the League Cup and get rid of the FA Cup for one season. On the Tuesday nights for league teams in the EFL, when there would usually have been a cup game, you can play your remaining league games from the season that we're halfway through right now. We can play them then. And then on all the weekends, whether it would be FA Cup or League Cup, for example, in the midweek for the Premier League and Championship teams, you can fit league games in there. Mm -hmm. So we play the end of the season that we're in now for the first few months of the season. And then in the remaining game weeks, including those set aside for cup competitions like FA Cup or even Champions League for some teams, we can play Saturday, Tuesday or Sunday, Wednesday in those gaps. And that will take us up nicely till the end of the season at the start of May in 2021. And that is my solution for doing it it might upset a few people that will do away with the cups for a bit i just think that maybe this is one of those things a bit like you know players being out of contract on the 30th of june it's just something unfortunately we're going to have to take on the chin with the Mm. situation that we're in right now with this suspension uh of the premier league and efl season so that would be my solution and i think that actually even though you're probably money people thinking you're playing more games, you're still probably only playing the same amount of games because the games you would have played in the cup, you're just mm. playing league games instead. It might be more intense. It might be more difficult for squad rotation. But I think that's just something, like I say, you're going to have to take on the chin. I like the idea of, of, of the cups. You just These are extraordinary circumstances, so you have to do extraordinary things. Sure. So as as much as the purists will say, no, you want to, you just can't do it. You can't keep all this football in. So just for one season, not have any cups. And also... No Nations League as well. No, I agree. No, no Nations League because that's you know that's what's if you because they're doing it over a short space of time. They cram the games in, so you you're taking if you're taking like weeks out to play the Nation League, you probably over the over a season. You put, if you're doing the Nations League, you probably do take about six weeks, seven weeks out mm. over the course of a year. Mm. International breaks, international and stuff breaks, you need. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sure. in that six or seven weeks, that's you can finish your season. Absolutely, you, you can you can finish your season. So. I'd I'd say we we start at early September with no no cups no international no international breaks finish the season by the end of the no, November you can do, you don't have to do anything with the Champions League the Champions League can come in because the Champions League only starts in sort of mid October anyway sure um, finish the season by sort of early to mid November and then start straight away again and and just go right. It, I, I agree with you in the fact that it sounds like a lot of games, but if you take out internationals, you take out two cups, it's, the same, it's, it's roughly. It's roughly. It'd probably be a bit more, and you wouldn't have. We'd be no no winter break either. <laughs> wouldn't have time for that. No. So you could still finish the season around sort of late May mm. again, and then go straight into the Euros. Mm. I think the Euros being cancelled is an inevitability, Johnny. Don't you? Uh, 
Yeah, at this stage, or you know, postponed essentially. Postponed till next summer. Um, summer after. Yeah. yeah um, the only issue with that is that the uh, women's one of the women's competitions is due to take place in 2021, mm. um, and so you'd have to space them out so they're not, you know, yeah, you're not being clash. overshadowed yeah. um, mm. almost. Um, in terms of the in terms of the Niles idea, um, I'd only be agreeable to that if we finish the FA Cup from this year and <laughs> Newcastle win it, and then they can retain it. Or essentially to to squash that down, we do away with all the other quarterfinals, and it's Newcastle against Manchester City, and it's basically like a boxing belt. Manchester City are the holders, Newcastle are the contenders. Newcastle win it, we take the FA Cup. City win it, they get to keep it, and then do away with it next year. Like what they do in the Scottish leagues, where they have the promotion uh, contender from the league below and the relegation yeah, 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 yeah. rival. They go, they go toe to toe to see who goes up. Yeah. Actually, it happened to my club, Portsmouth, in 1939. Uh, World War Two started, and we had just won the FA Cup, so we are the official longest ever longest, holders yeah. of the FA Cup uh, until now, until, until Newcastle, in, yeah. until this virus uh, takes hold. Yeah, uh, Wayne Rooney, who of course is back at Derby County, he's been saying that he thinks footballers have been used as guinea pigs during this coronavirus pandemic it's an interesting comment which he was writing in his column in the sunday times the former england skipper said this the rest of sport tennis formula one rugby golf football in other countries was closing down and we were being told to carry on i think a lot of footballers were wondering is it something to do with money being involved in this why did we wait until friday why did it take Mikel arteta the arsenal manager to get ill for the game in england to do the right thing I think these are, are really interesting comments from Rooney, who sometimes gets a bit of stick for maybe not being the sharpest tool in the box. Mm. But certainly I think he's probably hit the nail on the head, in my opinion, with this. It did take a high-profile person to get mm. coronavirus for us to go, oh, hang on a sec, maybe these games should be suspended. The fact that it was Arsenal who were also previously involved in kind of a, a bit of a, an issue with coronavirus with the whole Olympiacos thing and mm. the owner of Olympiacos having the disease... And then they were about to go and play Brighton in the early kickoff on Saturday. And then it took for Mikel Arteta on the Friday, the day before, to get coronavirus for it to be called off. I think mm. Rooney does have a point here. He does. And I, th- I think um, I think the worst bit for me was the day before when the Wolves were forced to go to Olympiacos and play a team where the owner had been had tested positive. And Definitely. they said, we don't want to play. And they were very vocal about it. And Nuno was, was really good uh, on the subject. And yet they were still forced to play, which and which is scandalous. As as as, as games all over the rest of Europe are being cancelled, you, you're be, a Premier League team is being sent to play a team where the owner has tested tested positive. So Rooney's right in the fact that it's it shouldn't have taken Mikel Arteta um, to get coronavirus for for games to be cancelled. And and like you were saying, like there was this, an, unless someone else because it was Callum Hudson-Odoi was the next big name I think yes. to, to get it. Unless there was. Um, unless there was Callum Hudson at all, that it probably would have gone. The Premier League weekend would have gone ahead with nine games, just that one game off. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other, flip, the flip side of this is that is that the only reason that footballers are uh, are being diagnosed is they're the ones who are getting tested. Yes. Um, it's easier for them to get access to a test. It's it? easier for them to get access to a test. Um, and in that sense, they in that sense they are being used as guinea pigs. Um, because they're the ones that are being diagnosed with this, and then that's causing the sort of hysteria that it, that, that comes with it. Um, and it's not been handled well by the government. I, I get the I get the point of taking you know the the scientific approach to this um, and and taking advice. But if if all everyone else across Europe is doing it, what's what message does it send that you're sending out 
Premier League players in full stadiums as well, not yeah. just not empty stadiums, in full stadiums. And Rooney's very right in the fact that you do look to f- football to be an example to 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 kids, and then sure they're just ign- they're ignoring the rest of of the world. Mm. That uh, you know the MLS was 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 cancelled midweek as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, it is it is bizarre, and it, it does make it did make you think that they only did it as a as as they were really really forced to last minute. Yeah, and. Rooney mentioned the word money, Johnny, and think you said to me before we started recording the show that maybe placating the sponsors had a big factor in the late decision to call off the games. The sponsors, the companies behind football, that uh, sponsor the team, sponsor the league, sponsor the coverage, put a lot of money in elsewhere, Sky with their coverage, BT with their coverage. They'll have all been putting pressure on to keep it going and keep the, you know their product what they've paid all this money for to get their exposure, they'd want that to keep on going for as long as possible. And the the, the amount of money that's in football eclipses any other sport in terms of sponsorships. Um, so yeah, there would be a lot of pressure. And I think the Premier League, obviously, their their pockets are bloated more so than than La Liga or Liga or, or Bundesliga, Serie A, mm-hmm. etc. Um, that they would have had more pressure on them than than those other leagues. Um, so yeah, I think money was a massive factor behind their decision. And like like Pete touched on, that um, if it was just Mikel Arteta, who was the only person that had been tested positive across the entire Premier League, then yeah, the matches, apart from Arsenal's, would have probably gone ahead. And it's only when a couple of others probably forced a hand. And, you know, like Brendan Rodgers mentioned, three Leicester players in mm. quarantine in his um, pre-match uh, press conference. Uh, and then it, it, it transpired that some other players were self-isolating and Callum Hudson, Adoy and so on. And so I think that really, really forced the hand. Um, but if they could have got away with it, they would have they would have tried their very, very best, I think. I think we also need to say that if you see someone like Callum Hudson, Adoy or Mikel Arteta getting over coronavirus in what feels like a matter of three or four days, mm. it's probably because they're elite athletes. Yeah. And you need to remember this. They are at the peak of physical fitness. Mm. They eat and diet properly. I mean, they're on strict diet plans. They don't drink alcohol. This is something that maybe people can can overlook the the diet and the kind of lifestyle of a professional footballer in terms of keeping themselves in tip top condition. Pete can sometimes mm-hmm. be easily forgotten about. And I, th- I think the uh, I think Arteta's uh, tweet the day after that he um, was diagnosed was a bit ill advised. Really, he was like feeling better already, get, getting back to work or getting ready, for getting back to work. Mm. But that's not the point. It's the fact that it's top- stopping the spread of the virus, not the fact that. Sure. One uh, elite athlete is 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 feeling better. It's not him that it's going to have a major effect on. It's it's the it's the less able bodied. Sure. Um, what it would have been better if he had tweeted saying another six days sat at home watching yeah, yeah, box yeah. sets. You yeah, know, that would have been a more appropriate. Yeah, thing to or say. just just something like you know, be careful out there. Like, you know, so, you know, one of those stock sort of stock messages that footballers often say about things would have. I think that would have gone down better than him saying. Oh yeah, I'm feeling better already. Kind of thing. I'm over it. That's what that's what he was essentially alluding to. So, I don't think he had anyone controlling his Twitter account that day. I think he was very much sat at home doing it himself, which is, <laughs> which is why it was a bit ill-advised. Absolutely. So then, you think September might be the resumption of the season? I hope not. As a as a freelance football writer, I'm very much uh, hope it's a lot sooner because I, you know, I've, I've I've put my application in to become an Uber driver. I don't know what I don't know what else I'm going to do. So, um, I. Obviously, I hope it to be a lot sooner, but there are there are more important things uh, than whether whether I can afford a decent uh, a decent living or not. So it's it looks like in reality, if we're really really 
push come to shove, that September looks like the if if you look at wh- how long it's taken to to calm down in China and South Korea, then if you're going off that model and they and and they they what, attacked it with they, aggression, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. and um, they they acknowledged it early and, and acted early, which I'm not sure if we are in this country. So, um, so you're looking at in reality, you're looking at September. It's, it's not certainly not good. There's not going to be football in three weeks' time. So, it looks like September really. Okay, well, we'll have to wait and see. And of course, because the Premier League season and EFL season and other football leagues across Europe and the world are suspended due to the spread of COVID-19, it doesn't mean the non-league scene isn't doing its bit to try and keep themselves afloat as well. We'll be talking to a non-league club after this here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Kebab's done right every time. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. But of course, due to the spread of coronavirus, the Premier League season has been suspended. But that doesn't mean there isn't any football for you to take in. If you've been bored at home and thinking, what am I going to do? I can't go to a Premier League game this weekend or even this midweek. I can't go to an EFL game because that's been suspended as well. Why not take a look at your local non-league club? Now, we're based here in the northwest of England in the the great city of Manchester and there are many non-league clubs around this local area but there is one who are going to join us and let us know about what their club is all about on the phone right now we've got Matt who's the media officer from 1874 Northwich on the line hello Matt how you doing not too bad now yourself yeah very very well yeah all good and of course we've been talking on the podcast about how the uh, Premier League season is suspended and we don't know when it's going to start again but that's not the case for you guys down in the non-league how have you been finding the uh, the season now since all the new is broken. Things still ticking along down there in non-league? It is so far for the moment obviously from the National League downwards games are still being played here and there our league's currently got a meeting for schedule for tomorrow night to decide whether to continue with the league or to just fall in line with the FA rulings and suspend the league so it'll be interesting to see what the outcome of that is obviously because the league ruled that we could play our games from Friday onwards that we can still play as long as everything's fine but on Saturday morning there was a couple of other teams that dropped out with players having symptoms of COVID-19 so we'll have to see how that one goes but as it's as it stands we're supposed to be playing on Tuesday night against Bursko so hopefully we can get another game played and then get back on level terms with other teams in the league That's a 7.45 kickoff against Bursko uh, in Northwich and of course people listening might not know that there actually are two clubs in Northwich but you're a relatively new football club as far as things stand. Yeah that's correct we um, are the former support base in Northwich Victoria, we were the supporters trust who have formed into a new Phoenix club almost similar to what the fans of Burial have done but in slightly different circumstances so with this enfranchised by the way that um, Northridge Victoria was being run at the time back in 2012 and a few years before that so we decided to take our own path to form our new club which is formed around the community based we want it to be for the community and for the fans and by the fans and being fan owned it means that all the decisions that you make come from the fans so there's no sole owner looking after it all it's down to the fans and we can make our own decisions and choose our own path which is quite unique at many levels of football you do pride yourselves on being a community club don't you yeah it's massive it has to be for the community really yesterday we had uh, mind uk down at the ground promoting for mental health we've been big on mental health this year um ash doble who's one of our fantastic volunteers that's a mental health scheme for those people who are suffering with mental health and depression anxiety 
they can come into games for free because we set this up in October, so it's going to be into the winter time. And what we wanted to do is get those people who might be a bit lonely, get out, get them out, come to a game, and we can try and put them in touch with some of these sorts of links like Mind UK. And that went viral. We featured on Talks, but for that, all over social media, had some really, really good feedback for that. And it's this sort of stuff that we like to do to bring communities together and get centred around our football club, and it's fantastic. So you play in the Northwest Counties League Premier Division and as I said, there is a Northwich derby that takes place. What's the atmosphere been like in those games? Has it been a bit tasty? Uh, yeah, I think I think that describes it slightly mildly. We'd, we'd, <laughs> like, to ho- we'd like to hope that um, it, it isn't the case. We'd like to, over the many years before, it's been quite a fairly low-key game where everyone's understood the reasons for... Um, for why we made the move to split and why some of their fans have stayed. I think it's fair to say, not going too much into it, it's become a little bit more tasty over the last um, over the last few years. But the good-natured games at the front of the playing field, uh, we went 3-0 down in the derby um, and just in February, early in the month, we pulled it back to a 3 all, which is absolutely a fantastic game. Obviously, we're top of the league at the moment, so like that adds a little bit of spice into it as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's tasty, to put it mildly. We've got a lot of listeners from across the pond in North America to this podcast. So if you are listening to the show and you want to follow a non-league team, go and follow at 1874Northwich. Uh, what are the star players to look out for in your side then, Matt? Who's going to be the one to watch out for if you are heading down on Tuesday? Um, well, there's a couple of players, really. This season, we've seen so many players that have stunned, stood out that haven't necessarily over other seasons. But I'd say our main ones are Scott McGowan. He's an absolutely fantastic player. He's our lead goal scorer um, in history, in our short history of the club. Um, he's got about 30 goals this season already. Jake Parker is an attacking midfielder. He's scored about 25 this season. So it's these sorts of players that we're seeing this season who are coming forward, scoring goals. have scored 79 goals in the league so far this season with about eight games left, which is an incredible record. And then from bit further down the pitch Matt Woolley in centre midfield our captain he's been fantastic this season he just gets the ball picks it up and then plays it out wide beautifully to so many other players he's a really really talented footballer who does something different to most players at this level the one thing I love about non-league is that you can go and have a beer and a pint and you can watch the game Um, obviously that's something that doesn't really happen in in the more professional leagues how much is a pie? How much is a beer? Come on, you need to entice me down there on on Tuesday night. Well, I think off the top of my head that I think pies are £1.50 and I think beers is £3. So Bargain. it's not too bad prices, really. So um, And the pies are probably the best in the league. Oh. I'm going to put my neck on the line and say that I think they're the best in the league. Bertie's Pies, and again, another local company that we have coming, that we get the pies off them. So it's all fantastic. Top of the league. Best pies in the league. A game on Tuesday, 7.45 kickoff against Bursco. Sounds decent to me. What are you kind of expecting out of the game? Are you expecting your boys to do the job? Well, as long as the game goes ahead, I'd expect us to try and get three points. We take, I speak to the managers regularly in my interviews. They say they want to take it one game at a time. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. And so far this season, we haven't. Saturday was a really, really tough game where we've placed a team that had 10 men behind the ball for the whole game. We couldn't quite break them down like we have most other sides this season. So Tuesday, that we wanted to get out of there and wanted to be putting away the chances that we couldn't quite create on Saturday. So I'd expect us to try and get the three points for some goals in it as well. And, and just finally then, uh, I hope the game does go ahead because obviously for non-league, sides much like we're seeing in the football league as well um suspending games is going to have a huge impact financially on some clubs obviously being supporter owned means that you can kind of club together and put your heads together and figure out an action plan depending on what the league to do decide uh, are there any sort of concerns amongst the board and supporters of, of 1874 about you know the future of the club if, if things do take a turn for the worse 
Um, I don't think that's been discussed yet. I think because we're in such a, a raw stage mm. um, that nobody necessarily knows what could happen. I think higher up in the leagues, obviously the gate receipts keep some clubs going throughout the time of their playing. Um, so the Rochdale chairman mentioned something to do with that. And for someone like them, that'll be massive. But down at this level, I don't think that's quite the concern as of yet. As of yet, we still might be playing. So we have to take that into consideration as well. But for us, the main concern, I think, on the most fans lips is will we finish the season? Will we get promoted in the end? Because obviously it's similar to Liverpool. They don't know whether the season will be done as void, so they might not win the league. We're currently top of our league at the moment. They're by quite a considerable distance with a game in hand. So if we do play on Tuesday, we could go 11 points to at the top of the league. So I think on most fans' lips is, are we going to get promoted at the moment? That's the big question that's really being asked and who can say what will happen. OK, Matt, well, best of luck. All the best in your game against Bursco. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate. And uh, and hopefully it is a successful season for you in one way or another. Thanks very much, mate. That was Matt there, who's the media officer from 1874 Northwich. Pete, you said before you didn't realise there was a, a massive Northwich derby that takes place two every te- season. Two teams in Northwich. I didn't think it was big enough for two. I didn't think the town was big enough for both of them. But... <laughs> well, obviously not. No, no, clearly <laughs> By not. By the sounds of the derby. Well, what a story that is. Like, especially like 11 points clear at the top. So, yeah, There is still football stories out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, it doesn't just affect those in the Premier League. Uh, this situation is ongoing. And uh, and as Matt says, they'll kind of take it one step at a time. And I think we'll probably do the same as well on this podcast because uh, things are moving very, very quickly. And we should probably uh, call an end to this podcast. There's no games to talk about and we can't talk about coronavirus the mm-hmm. whole show. But it seems like the only thing to talk about. So, I mean, Johnny, you're a good person to ask because obviously okay. on social media, um, <laughs> we've seen a lot of kind of games of tic-tac-toe and mm. and uh, connect four between social media accounts between different clubs. What do you think the next big thing to take off is? There must be some sort of... I mean, these, this is when a social media account manager really earns his money, doesn't he? When he finds out when the chips are down, what yeah, he's going to do. Yeah, you've got to find something to do. Um, I did enjoy today. Who was it? Uh, Haven't and Waterlooville invited <laughs> Eastley to have a quiz with them and Eastley just replied with no, um, <laughs> which I think is the way forward. Uh Newcastle have just been taking fan recommendations of highlights for them to tweet out. So um, I asked them <laughs> if they tweet out uh, Stephen Taylor's goal line clearance against Aston oh, Villa, yeah. which many people <laughs> would recall as a handball, but it was a heroic goal line clearance, which they did today. Um, but there's all sorts of different uh, options available to them. I think the obvious one would be to start streaming FIFA matches yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that. I think Southampton did that today after their... Uh, game of nuts and crosses yesterday with uh, with Manchester City. So, and um, Watford yesterday did some football manager um, games. Weirdly, when you've got the option to save and reload until you beat Liverpool, they just kept, <laughs> They just, I think they played out a nil-nil draw on football manager, um, obviously taking the moral high ground um, yeah. and not just saving and reloading. So I think it is a difficult time for them um, to come up with new things Um but they'll they'll find something. There'll be memes. There'll be all sorts of stuff happening in the next few weeks. Player interviews, if they can get access, probably over Skype. Over Skype, yeah. yeah. <laughs> find different things. Um, and just interview old players. Maybe take a look at the the model that the Athletic use and just copy copy that <laughs> for each individual I, club. I did notice. I did notice somebody getting a little bit carried away in the fact that to finish this season, they said nominate the best FIFA player in the team and then just simulate. And so we get Jordan, all, all the cap. I think it was the captain actually. So we get everyone's captain. Jordan Henderson represents Liverpool, and he has to play out the fixtures uh, on FIFA for the, for the rest of this season. And then that's how the table will finish. <laughs> well, is it time to invent a new sport yeah. or some some sort of 
game or sport we can play in the meantime where there's no football. With technology now, I mean, can I we mean, not, can could, we... could we see the rise of esports, Pete? Now, potentially. I mean, could this be a new avenue for, for esports? Don't do that because that's all what they'll put on Sky, <laughs> Sky and BT, and we've got to pretend we're interested. Sky have Sky have had it on on occasion, but the the other issue with that is that uh, now at the moment esports is very much in, in all in one room, all sat together playing it. So. One of the how interesting it'll be to watch if it's so and so against so and so in the be, in each other's bedrooms. Then I'm not, I'm not too sure. But we're gonna to have to find some form of entertainment. Yeah. Well, why not subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already? Because <laughs> we will keep you updated as well as we can here on Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast every single day of the Premier League season. And it could be an elongated Premier mm. League season. Technically, the season is not over. As soon as we find out any further information, we'll let you know. Pete, good to have you on the show, mate. Hopefully uh, you find some sort of job working as a taxi driver or yeah, whatnot for the I, next few I, weeks. I, I, I used to love being a pizza delivery driver. I might do that. <laughs> Get that. back on it. Buy yourself yeah. a moped. Get yourself <laughs> over there. Johnny, good to have you on as well. Thank um, you very much. Good luck creating all the memes when there's no football. I'll You're going to have to dig, dig into the archive <laughs> and look back. Um, my name's Niall McCorn. Thanks for listening to Football Social Daily. Really appreciate your time as always. So don't forget to hit subscribe. You won't miss another episode. And follow us on Twitter at The Sports Social where we'll keep you updated as best we can about the goings on regarding this football season but that's it for now and we'll be back again with more tomorrow football social daily with german gourmet doner kebabs made with our signature sauces hey have you ever used cheapo air for years and i really like it with cheapo air you can book online use their app or even over the phone They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.